Hey everybody, Matt Rouse here with Digital Marketing Masters, and this is episode 120, which kind of strangely, we were going to do this whole spooky kind of Halloween episode thing about customer like issues and problems, and we put some spooky sounds and stuff in it, and it was a really cool idea, but inevitably something happened. So I'm recording this after Halloween now, and... It's actually on election day in the United States on November 3rd. I decided to celebrate the uh, two years it took me to get onto LinkedIn Live. I'm going to broadcast this live on LinkedIn as well as live on Facebook and live on YouTube while everybody is distracted watching election coverage anyway. Hey, people, you're not going to know the results until tonight at the earliest, probably not for weeks or even months, you know, depending upon how it goes. So take a little bit of time, follow along with me here, because we're going to talk about how to do email marketing when no one wants your emails and they don't have time to read them between Netflix binges anyway. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Terry Rouse. So let's get right to it. Those of you on the podcast, I'm going to make sure I read all the slides so that you can uh, get all of the information off of them. So don't worry, you'll be able to follow along. The person on my screen right now in the uh, bald head and the yellow glasses is Seth Godin, who I'm sure most people are familiar with. Uh, about 20 years ago, Seth wrote a uh, book, did a TED Talk, some other stuff around permission-based marketing. And the idea of permission-based marketing is creating value through interaction is far more important than solving a consumer's problem in 30 seconds. And let me repeat that once, because the first time I heard it, I stopped and I was like, wait, what did he just say? And I rewound it a little bit. And it's creating value through interaction is far more important than solving a consumer's problem in 30 seconds. The interaction, the connection is what really matters. Permission marketing is also about getting someone's permission before you market to them. And we'll get talk a little bit more about that later on. The next photo I have in a slide here that you guys can't see is Ryan Dice from Digital Marketer. And he says there is no longer a B2B or a B2C market. It is now H2H. That is human to human. And again, we're talking about building trust, building relationships, and communication when it comes to email marketing. I'm going to go over three secrets of email marketing, and this is number one. This is the secret secret to email marketing. It's create something that people want to hear from you or that people want to receive from you. Ask them if you want them to email them that thing. And then you email them that thing. Okay. This is not rocket science, but somehow almost every company on the planet seems to get this wrong. You need to create something of value, something that normally people would pay for because it's a transaction. Someone giving you their email and their trust and their time is a payment to you. And in exchange for that payment, you have to give them something of equal or greater value. And equal or greater value is that thing that you're going to offer, right? That's how you get people on your email list. That's how you keep them on your list. And that's how you build that relationship and that trust with those people. So you have to create something your people want, ask them if you want them to email them that thing, and then you email them that thing. All right. 
So let's move forward now that we have the first secret. Why email? You know, I I, I don't ever want to kind of, you know, come off as, as, as like the broken record, repeating this over and over for anyone who even remembers what a record is at this point. But why email? You want to stay top of mind. You want to generate goodwill. You want to be different from your competition. You want to explain your value proposition, right? Why are you in business? How are you helping people? It has a, the lowest cost per acquisition of every marketing channel there is, and it has the highest effectiveness, okay? And you also don't want to ever build your house on rented land. And as my friend Yifat Cohen always says from her show, What's That Geek, which is on YouTube, so suggest you watch it, never build your house on rented land. And she knows because she used to be the Google Plus trainer. And I'll tell you, I had someone email me, I actually technically they Facebook messengered, messengered me yesterday that their entire account had been banned or blocked. So they couldn't post for their business. They couldn't post on Instagram. All of their ads had stopped running and they had no idea what had happened. The only thing that they knew that had happened is one of their credit card or their uh, debit card payments bounced, but then they put money in there, moved around, whatever they needed to do. And then the payment went through. Everything seemed fine. A few hours later, everything they had got blocked. They're still appealing it. They can't run any ads. It's their busiest season of the year. They're screwed. Never build your house on rented land means if you have people's emails, if you have emails on your email list, they're yours. You keep them forever. Okay. So you're not beholden to the Facebooks and the Googles and, and whoever else where you build up that audience. You have emails and they are yours to keep. How to start a list if you don't have a list already. This is where most companies get their emails from. Uh, about 40% uh, of emails that, that companies first acquire is their existing customers, or they get them from a lead magnet. And a lead magnet is that offering something of value to people so that they will give you their email in exchange. That is a lead magnet, okay? It is to magnetically attract leads, right, for your business. Um, events and bought or scraped emails make up that other kind of 20%-ish. Um, I don't suggest scraping emails, but that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. Uh, an online store. You want to ask everyone at checkout to be on your list. If you're not GDPR, uh, like you're in the United States or Canada or somewhere, um, you just automatically have the box checked that says it's going to sign them up to your email list to get updates, yada, yada, yada. Um, or you could just have them to check the box. They check out. And then when you send them a receipt, you should also be sending them a welcome email um, if they're not already a subscriber of yours, explaining what's going to be on your list, how often you send it, why they want to stay on it, that kind of information. Um, we usually send a welcome series. Uh, we explain that in my Inbox Mastery course, and we get to that at the end. But there should be certain types of emails that you're going to be wanting to send to people, um, often referred to as indoctrination emails. I know indoctrination a lot of times sounds like a bad word, but what you're trying to do is, is teach people what you're all about. That's what an indoctrination email campaign is. Uh, you also want to make sure people have a really easy way to unsubscribe from your list. So let's talk about what makes a good lead magnet. So first off, you need to be specific, okay? You have to have one big promise, and that big promise is better than a whole bunch of small promises. So it's not like, 
Um, I'm going to help you learn how to run five miles, lose 10 pounds, get, you know, nicer hair and cleaner skin and yada, yada, yada. It should be just one thing. Like I will teach you how to do the couch to 5k. So go from sitting on your ass on your couch to being able to run a 5k. That's one big promise, right? It has to speak to the result the customer is looking for, right? Um, there's a few good examples and I'll bring those up soon. Um, immediate gratification. You want to try and get something now, right? So like an instant download, uh, it gets emailed directly to them, that kind of information. It has to have real value. So it has a value that people, you know, would pay for, or, um, I, I, I heard the $1 theory before. That's a good one. If someone would pay someone else $1 for that thing, then that is something that could be a lead magnet. If no one would pay you a dollar for it, then it's not good enough. Uh, it also needs to be used, read, or consumed quickly the first time. It has to be something someone can use right away. So a couple examples of lead magnets are, um, this is one from Digital Marketer that I really like. It's grow enough food to feed a family of four in just four square feet of space, even if you don't have a yard. That is very specific. It's grow enough food to feed a family of four in four square feet of space, even if you don't have a yard. And... I believe that's um, the thing for growing potatoes and layers, but not important right now. So another one is get $10 off your first custom frame. Super easy, right? Hey, sign up for our list. We'll give you 10 bucks off your frame. You sign up for the list, they give you a $10 off coupon. Instant gratification, right? Next thing is like quizzes or reports or entertainment. A uh, good one here from a realtor is which decade does your home actually belong in? It also could be for... You know, someone who sells something like uh, like Indo that sells window inserts for drafty windows. It could be for other things. People who are doing um, kitchen remodels and interior designers, that kind of thing. And then I've even got one from a plumbing company here. It's what not to flush down the toilet. Now, you would think it would be hard to get people to sign up for emails for a plumbing company. But if your lead magnet is what not to flush down the toilet, people will sign up and find out what those things are. You could also use physical products. So you could have stuff like samples, right? Sign up to get a free sample. You could have a free plus shipping offer, which is like, um, give us $9 for shipping and handling and we'll send you this hardcover copy of such and such for free. Um, you could have contests for physical goods. I know like the Hustle newsletter, um, when you refer people, you get, uh, I think the first thing, uh, that you get is some kind of coupon or discount or something. And then once you get enough people, maybe five or 10 people or else to join the newsletter, you get these hustle socks that say act now on the bottom and they have hustle across the top of the socks. You can also use things that you add on to existing sales. Um, sign up for our newsletter and we'll tack this thing onto your order that you've already placed. A lot of people who miss the mark with their emails because they don't know exactly who their customers are. That is literally the headline of our own lead magnet for our course. So we have people who sign up. It's hook2.us slash avatar if you want to take a look at the page. And it's learn who your customer is and how to talk to them. You put in your name, you put in your email, and we'll send you a simple exercise that you can do in 30 to 60 minutes that will walk you through how to do a customer avatar worksheet with instructions. And that is our own lead magnet for my own company for our inbox mastery course. So what is a lead magnet? Why does someone want to get email from you? What are you going to send them? 
How often are they going to get it? And are there other advantages to being on your list? Uh, weekly marketing email for my company, Hook SEO. Uh, we have entertaining stories and actionable marketing tactics and insights sent weekly to your inbox. So that's what do they get from us is they get story, interesting stories, right? We're going to send it to them every week. So that's uh, by email, right? So that's how we'll send it to them, what we'll send to them, how often we're going to send it to them. And we're also going to send them tactics and actionable insight. So that's the other advantages to being on the list. So what can you give people to sign up? There are giveaways, contests, discounts, more access, uh, access being like information behind the scenes, stuff about you, stuff about your business, maybe access to other you know, referrals or clients or other people that you know, information that they can't get or can't easily get somewhere else, or information that you have consolidated um, or curated for them on their behalf. It could be interesting things that could or could not be related to your business. Um, you could do eBooks, products, bonuses, white papers, challenges, quizzes, swap files, cheat sheets. These are all things that you can use to get people to sign up for your email list. So takeaway number two, this is the secret number two of email marketing is you need a clean list. And what people always ask me is, why do you want to make sure that people unsubscribe? And because I'm always like, make sure everybody unsubscribes if they don't want to be on your list. Why would you want to do that? Right. Most people try and hide it. They put it in like white on white text at the bottom in, in like the tiniest font possible, like size six font in the footer mixed in with a bunch of copyright BS. The truth is that you want to unsubscribe. I get an email that I like from uh, Christopher Penn. You should sign up for his newsletter. It's fantastic. Um, he used to have this giant gif of an unsubscribe button. It's like him in like this orange toque and a big jacket, and he's holding his hands up to a blue button that says click here to unsubscribe, and it's like the width of the whole email. The reason that you want to get those people off your list is, number one, they don't want to hear from you, for starters, right? But number two, if somebody doesn't want to hear from you, they're more likely to mark you as spam, which is going to hurt your deliverability. It's going to hurt your ability to get out of the spam box and into the inbox. And lastly, you have to pay your email marketing provider by how many subscribers you have. So if those people don't unsubscribe and they're just deleting or marking your emails as spam or they're just going to their spam folder and they're never opening them, you're paying for those people, right? You could be paying. In some cases, I've seen lists that we've done some cleaning and some unsubscribe work on where they've had 100,000 people on the list that that either had never opened it or you know, we're just marketing as spam or, or, or that should have been unsubscribed, right? And we were able to remove those people and cut down the cost of sending the email, improve the engagement rate of their email, which improves their deliverability and improves their chance of getting in the inbox. And also we take those emails that we took out and we'll run something that's called a win back campaign. And I'll talk about that briefly at the end. Now you built your list. This is your automated sales machine, right? Once you have your list made, then if you need to educate people about your brand, then you can just Tell your list, right? If you need to get staff, right? When you're hiring, you can ask your list. If you have excess capacity, maybe you're a manufacturer, 
you know, you got a machine that's open for a while. You can tell your list, hey, we have some excess capacity. Or maybe you're like a massage therapist and you're like, hey, uh, two of my appointments canceled on Friday afternoon if somebody wants to come in. Um, you have a new process, a new product, you need referrals, you want a partnership. All these things can be done with your existing email list. So deliverability. This is did your email arrive at the person who's trying to get the email? So it's it's based on engagement. If your engagement drops, your email deliverability will go down. Um, spam reports, blacklisting. There's also DNS-based protections like SPF, DKIM, DMARC. These are technical things. You know, ask your administrator. Also, if you're doing list buying, scraping, or automation, those things can hurt your deliverability also. Subject lines really matter. 69% of email recipients report email as spam based solely on the subject line. So you want to stay away from spammy, clickbaity subject lines. And also that, that preview line. Those are the things that are going to make somebody decide whether they're going to keep your email or not. And if they don't open it, they can't read it. So emojis for most audiences are not beneficial, especially a lot of emojis. Um, people generally don't. When they're sending email, you know, back and forth between friends, they don't put those in. Asking a question in the subject line is a good way to get opens. Uh, call it what it is. That is a good way to improve your open rates. So if it's, I'm going to send you information about how you can build a properly structured software development team, then your subject line can be building a software development team, hints or something like that, right? Just call it what it is. Your preview line had better not say, to view this in your browser, click here, because that immediately tells people that they want to either market a spam or delete it. It's okay to have to view this in your browser, click here in your email. You need to make sure that the preview line of the email is filled in. So there's a subject line and then a preview line. The preview line should back up the subject line and help people decide to open it. And you got to remember, what would make you open an email? A lot of people do this. They go through and they purge their email box when they get up in the morning or when they first get to work. So they open their email or the phone and they just go delete, 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 delete down the list. And then when they decide to send their own marketing emails, they put in the same email subject lines of crap that they would delete. So do not do that. Okay. So email secret number three, if people aren't responding to your emails, then your emails are too boring. I get people looking at me when I used to do this uh, in, in person. I mean, for years I did this talk in person and people would look at me like I just showed a dog a card trick. They're like, eh? You know, tilting their head to the side and looking at me like confused. Yes, people should be responding to your emails. And I've also had people from companies tell me, well, we don't have time to answer all these responses. And I'm like, well, then you don't have time to have good customer service, right? You're trying to build a relationship and building a relationship with your customers means you have to talk to your customers, right? So for most people, that's not going to be a problem. And you're not looking at a massive response rate. You know, if you get one or two emails back from people, that's great. It means you're doing something right. Okay. And, and maybe you're not going to get a response every single time, but you know, we've got some lists that even lists of only a few hundred people on them. And we're going to get a one or two response back each time we send an email. You know, maybe some of your emails, if they're product focused or something like that, uh, they may not get you a response, but it, you can 
elicit responses by saying, you know, uh, if you have any other questions about this product, please write back, you know, and things like that, because you won't get a response. Because as soon as someone responds to your email on most email uh, software, uh, like Outlook and things like that, it w when they respond to you, it puts your email address into their contact list. And once you're in their contact list, it means your emails are going to go into their inbox and not the spam folder anymore. And that is exactly what you're trying to do. You want to make sure it gets in the inbox so that your emails get opened because if they don't get in the inbox, they can't see it. If they can't see it. They can't look at the subject line. If they don't look at the subject line, they can't open it. If they can't open it, they can't read it. If they can't read it, they can't click on it. They can't click on it. They can't buy your stuff. So how do you write an email that people are going to want to read? You need to have an opening line that is too good not to read. Okay. So the first kind of opening long, that's, that's like the hook, right? This is, this is copywriting here we're talking about. And you want to do your best to make something that just kind of grabs their attention. It goes, the, what usually happens is people will send out an email and they'll be like, thank you for reading the Bob's Industrial LLC limited email newsletter. Just boring. I've already deleted your email, okay? So it needs to be something that kind of gets right to the point of what you're talking about. A good example is kind of setting the stage. So if you watch uh, TV shows, right, You any kind of TV show or movie, especially kind of serialized TV shows, they're going to show like the building or, you know, whatever the location is before they get into the story. So like if you watch a show like Friends, it'll show like Central Perk, the coffee house, and then it'll show them inside talking at the coffee shop. So there's like the 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 first scene or the or the first thing that you see on that is that first line of your email. You got to set the stage, right? Black Friday is coming. And then you're going to talk about, you know, ways that people can do more business during Black Friday or whatever it is, right? So the second line should be a bit more text, maybe a short paragraph uh, about the topic, kind of. Uh, dive straight in, get to the point. If you have a longer email, you want to use photos, GIFs, subheadings, something like that to break up the text. What you don't want is a giant block of text. That's what we call it. Is people write the email on their computer, but then their readers are reading it on phones. So they write a paragraph that's three lines long on the computer, but when it gets shrunk down to the size of a phone, it takes up the entire screen. So it's just one giant screen full of text. You don't want that. When you kind of have a have a wrap up at the end of your email, um, you know, thanks. Uh, I like to sign off uh, my emails with I, I have a different for different lists. I have a different sign off. Get out there and be profitable is kind of my favorite one. But then I use a PS that's postscript. Use a PS at the line to add a little call to action in there. And now this is something that might shock a few of you email marketers out there. I really like to send emails with no links in them. And the reason is I just want to send email to be informational. If somebody I'll put in, you know, in the PS line, I'll be like, reply to me if you need more information on this thing or whatever, because it makes it way more likely to get in the inbox. And the more times they get in the inbox and they get opened, the less likely the next one is going to be to hit the spam box. And then I can start adding in links, uh, you know, sprinkling them in, you know, more often. 
um, or just once in a while, you know, maybe I'll send stuff that has a lot of links like products and click links to all the different products and pictures of them and stuff like that. And then kind of out of the blue, once every like quarter, I'll send one that has no links at all in it. Um, so that's kind of a good trick. You want to get kind of to the point emails. Those examples would be like open house this weekend, 10% off all band instrument repairs this week, or come visit us at the Sasquatch festival, or we got a new lipstick cover. It's tomato, you know, keep it short call to action, maybe with a button, you know, just keep it really quick and easy. There's indoctrination emails. This is telling people to know, like, and trust you and your brand. Who are you? What do you stand for? Um, can your readers align themselves with your goals, right? Because people are into that a lot these days. People are looking for a connection, even with brands and companies. Um, you know, if you're a solopreneur, it's really easy to do this because you're kind of the spokesperson for your brand, right? Um, you can talk about charity work, nonprofits, the higher purpose of your brand, all those kinds of things. If you have retail or using like templates, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Templates can help you make stuff really fast, uh, especially if you sell online. You can use integrations to speed up the process where you can automatically pull in products from your website into your email system. You can also set up stuff like abandoned cart emails uh, or abandoned cart series, sales follow-ups, review requests. And then you can do things like retargeting and advertising integration. Um, you know, if you're using something like Clavio, uh, MailChimp, you know, a few others that do that kind of stuff. I don't think emails can be too long. A lot of people say they got to be as short as possible. I don't think that's true. Uh, it hasn't bared out in our research. Email length, um, the, the trick is it can never be too long. It can only be too boring. Okay. But quick wins are still the best, right? Um, I've sent emails that are, you know, just a handful of words, you know, I'll send an email out to my whole list and I'll be like, guess what's coming next week? Question mark. Send. That's it. You wouldn't believe how many responses you get when you send that out. You have to have a pretty good relationship with your list before you do that though, by the way, you don't want that to be like the third email you send people. Um, make sure you speak to the audience in your own, in their language, not in your language. Good example is like with real estate agents. Uh, when we write emails for real estate companies or people selling things to real estate agents, we'll say stuff like, get this, you know, sign writer that can help you with your opens. And that is language that real estate agents are going to understand. If it's a special occasion, like your Black Fridays, Christmas, New Year's, whatever, it's going to be different for different you know, types of industries, but you can send more emails during those time periods. I know some companies that are sending as many as 50 or 60 emails in the two weeks around Black Friday. So don't be scared to send more emails. I know a lot of people think even sending like more one extra email a week, everyone's going to unsubscribe, but the data just doesn't bear that out. We had a company that sends an email out, retail email, sends out twice a week. We sent 21 during Black Friday and another 20 during Cyber Week. So we sent 41 emails instead of the normal four. And our unsubscribe went up by 0.5%. And then we put those people on a, a win back campaign. We got some of them back anyway. So don't be scared to send extra emails when it's important. Last thing is win back campaigns. And I'm not going to get too deep into this, but a win back campaign is where you take all the people who haven't opened your emails for a long time and you want to send them emails that are nothing but love. You don't want to put any links in them, either few images or no images or the image is the email. And you want to get as simple as you can with no templates, just kind of straight text. I'll give you a good example. So one of the guys who took our in-person course runs a car dealership 
And uh, so he tried a win back campaign. He took anybody who hadn't opened any of his emails for the last six months. He sent them all an email with a picture of him and his wife standing next to this car on a kind of like a sunset, you know, in a nice location in town here. And it said, you know, we'd love to have you back, uh, you know, and that was it. And sent it to that list of people. And one of the guys wrote back and he's like, oh, my God, I haven't heard from you guys in years. So he'd been on their list for almost two years and the emails have been going to his spam box. So he had no idea that he was still getting emails from them. And they reconnected. And within a couple of weeks, that guy bought a $35,000 car. You know, these win back campaigns can be super powerful because people out there, they may not even realize that they're not getting your emails anymore and they might still want to get them, right? Maybe they're your customers waiting to buy a new car too. So let's go over the three secrets of email marketing one more time. The secret secret to email marketing is ask people uh, or create something that your people want, that your, your prospective clients want. Ask them if you can email them that thing. And if they give you their email, then you want to email them that thing and not a bunch of other crap. Okay. Uh, number two is you want to have a clean list. Make sure that people unsubscribe and uh, if people aren't, uh, you know, actively opening your emails, then pull those out of your mail program so you can do a win back campaign. And then number three is if people aren't responding to your emails, your emails are too boring or you're not hitting the right audience, which means you either need to switch up your lead magnet and how you're getting people on your list, or you need to change up how, like what you're saying in your emails or the format of them to make sure that people are responding to you and you're building that relationship. And so that's all for Digital Marketing Masters today on uh, United States Election Day, November 3rd. And this podcast will be coming out this evening. So uh, some of the results will already be in by then. And I hope all of your election dreams come true. And for those of you outside of the United States, uh, just I hope that you have a good time with your uh, popcorn watching uh, what's going on in the U.S. here. And uh, everyone have a great night and we'll see you again soon. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.